pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football heaven. According to the Wall Street Journal, Nick Saban built Behemoth at Alabama. College football will never be the same again. stats that you probably have seen by now, but they're worth digesting one more time. 44 first-round picks, more, the, more, more first-round picks than losses, only 29, 109 weeks is the AP number one, 15 consecutive seasons reaching the AP number one. Just a moment ago, uh, Coach sat, sat down with Reese Davis to explain why. I actually thought that uh, in hiring coaches, uh, recruiting players, uh, that my age started to become a little bit of an issue. People wanted uh, assurances that I would be here for three years, five years, whatever, and that got harder and harder for me to be honest about. And to be honest, this last season uh, was grueling. Uh, it was a real grind uh, for us to come from where we started to where we got to. Uh, took a little, little more out of me than usual, and you know, when people mentioned the health issue, it was really just the grind of, can you do this the way you want to do it? Can you do it the way you've always done it and be able to sustain it and do it for the entire season? And if I couldn't make a commitment to do that in the future, uh, the way I, I think I have to do it, um, I thought maybe this was the right time based on those two sets of circumstances uh, that, um, like I said, there's never a good time. Uh, but I thought maybe this was the right time. So there's no there's no illness. It's just the grind and the gruel of the season. Yeah, there's no illness. Miss Terry's fine. I'm fine. Um, but it was the can you sustain the season? You know, from just a, a mental grind standpoint. Um, and I, you know, when I was young, you know, I could work till two in the morning, get up at six, and be there the next day and be full of energy and go for it. But when you get a little older, that gets a little tougher, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Well, I think the thing that we heard from Coach Saban there that is at least satisfying to many of you who are dissatisfied with the decision is that while he may be 72 and he may not be uh, as, as he was when he was 62, he is still healthy. And I, thought, I was really relieved personally to, uh, and I know you were to hear that, especially about Miss Terry, because a lot of people were extremely worried and everybody had a friend who had a friend who had a friend. Uh, so that's where we are uh, on what Coach Saban had to say. Very unusual. Uh, most, most coaches who stepped down, uh, even Bill Belichick earlier today, who was forced out, met the media. Coach Saban, uh, as best we know, is, has given one interview uh, to uh, Chris Lowe, very brief interview, and then you heard what he had to say to Reese there. Uh, I don't know what else he has planned, but uh, the usual press conference uh, has not happened yet, uh, and we don't know whether it will or not. So what is the next move? Uh, So many people are wondering, uh, we all are wondering, what and who will be next? Uh, Dan Lanning was the name that so many people were were pointing toward, others from Mike Norvell, but uh, Dan Lanning did not waste any time putting that one to bed. He announced today that he is staying where he is. There was a $20 million buyout, but many thought he was 
perhaps the leading candidate uh, to replace uh, Coach Saban, but that's not happening. One thing that is happening is more speculation and the fact that uh, Jimmy Sexton was just seen inside that athletic department. And I have a feeling he was there to say, uh, say something to Coach Saban, but he may have been there more than anything to spin Greg Byrne on a number, another one of his clients, uh, many of his clients who are probably going to be candidates for this job. Ross Dellinger will join us in a few minutes. Uh, we'll get his take on what is next. Rodak as well. He covers Alabama. Top Meyer and the old ball coach uh, understands a little bit about what it's like to walk away. We'll talk to him later in the show. So uh, what we mainly want uh, as well is to hear from you, because uh, when this story broke yesterday, about 10 minutes after 5, we were in uh, what's called flood the zone mode. That's an old journalistic phrase for just grabbing as many people and, 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 and swallowing the story. It was happening in real time, and I know many of you were calling. Uh, we will get to all of you today. we got plenty of time. So let's uh, do that. And uh, take some phone calls here, starting with Tiger in Virginia. Good afternoon. Hey, how are you doing? We're doing great. Thank you for calling. I'm doing all right. Um, yesterday was nuts, honestly, hearing about Coach Saban, honestly. Um, but I wanted to say this briefly as an LSU fan. Because, um, you know, 18 years practically... Nick Saban has been nothing but pain to LSU fans ever since he took the job at Alabama. Um, I mean, there are a few times we got, we got him, but most of the times it's nothing but pain. But I just wanted to say also for Coach Saban, thanks for helping LSU have, build a foundation at LSU that we're one of the top teams Usually, um, you know, Tiger, he he did, he sure did. Uh, you're exactly right. I mean, we, we a lot of, we talk so much about Alabama fans here, but there are a lot of other fans here who, while respecting Coach Saban immensely, are also glad he's gone. J.K. is up next. What's happening, fine ball? Doing great, J.K. How are you? Hey, man, I couldn't have started my 2024 off better. Alabama got sent home. Nick going to his new home. Uh, hey, I'm having a ball. But, Paul, you know what? Yesterday, man, for the last almost two hours, I thought I was listening to a wait. All Nick Saban doing is retiring. Y'all was pretending like he had died or something. Well, that's where, you, that's what, that's where J.K., you really don't understand the reality. Uh, Coach Saban's healthy, oh, but, but if you're an Alabama fan – uh, unlike unlike the program you're a fan of, which hasn't won a national championship in m- many people's lifetime, it's a big loss. It it, it hurts, and, hey, and that's what you were hey, hearing Paul. yesterday from all the people that were calling in. Okay, I'm co- hey, congratulating. He retired. Hey, Paul, but let, let let me talk. Please let me talk. Well, if you're going to say something hearing... that makes sense, you can talk. Otherwise, we'll go to somebody else. Oh, okay, all right. This is going to make sense. All I've been hearing about is coaching candidates. Norville. And all the, the the usual that you know spot off lips, but what about Mike Loxley, Dion, D'Amico Ryan? What about the enemy, Charlie Strong? 
What do, what do all of those coaches have in common? Well, J.K., I, I don't know don't what most of those coaches Alabama. have in common. I think D'Amico Ryan is a great coach and has a big, has a big game Saturday. So I, I seriously doubt he's giving any thought to it. Uh, Loxley is barely above 500. Uh, Charlie Strong's been fired from a couple of jobs. The enemy can't get a job. So I, I don't know where you're going there, but you're not going anywhere that makes any sense. So thank you for the call. And uh, we'll talk to uh, Ken up next in Irondale. Good afternoon, Irondale, Alabama. Good afternoon, Paul. Um, I was wondering what your opinion is about the percentage of, of the chances that Steve Sarkeesian might be the next head coach at Alabama. Ken, I think he's certainly uh, someone that would be on a very short list. Uh, what what the conventional wisdom seems to be, and I'm just reacting to what I'm hearing, is that Coach Saban uh, gave Greg Byrne some names that he th- thought would be very good choices and guaranteed Steve Sarkeesian would be on that list. That's nice to know. Um, I was a little concerned. In fact, I had hoped it, it, it actually made me feel sad when Steve Sarkeesian went to Texas because I, I knew that, you know, Nick was getting older and uh, sooner or later this day would come when he would retire. And I was hoping that, um, Perhaps uh, Steve Sarkeesian might stay at Alabama. But, but, but Ken, here, here's the thing you have, to be, you have to worry about for Sarkeesian. Uh, it came out today that Quinn Ewers is coming back. So he's got Quinn Ewers, who is an outstanding quarterback. He's got Arch Manning, who is projected to be in all everything. And he's got a very good team. He's already gotten to the playoffs. He's in the SEC now. Do you really uh, – do you benefit yourself by leaving a, a great school like Texas – for an equally great school like Alabama, except at Texas, you are now the guy that has brought them back as opposed to re- replacing and succeeding Nick Saban, who essentially retired the trophy. Yeah, it, it would be a miracle to get start, uh, Steve Sarkeesian because he, you're, you're right. He has brought Texas back. Uh, like they said, it's no longer a punchline. And the thing that worries the that I find funny in that whole thing is they haven't even let Arch Manning play as far as I know. He's seen very little, if any, He's been in one game. Yeah, okay. Hey, well, uh, I, thank I, you very much for the call. We are uh, heading to the break, and again, we uh, if, you, if you think I have a, a lack of patience today, I do, because uh, people like J.K., who, who don't make sense on their best day, making sense on their worst day is even more difficult to swallow. We'll take a short break. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, 
brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMS.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. More from Coach Saban's conversation just moments ago in Tuscaloosa. Look, I, I love coaching. I love the relationships with the players. Uh, the thing that made it more difficult for me is I felt like it might be the right time for me, uh, but how it impacted the players, the coaches, all the people who work here in the building and contributed to the, to the success of the team, you know, how would it affect them? You know, that was the hard part. And um, that was the part that, you know, I kept vacillating on back and forth till I was on the phone. At, we had a meeting at 4 o'clock. Uh, I was 3.55. I was sitting in my chair looking at the clock saying you got five minutes to decide which speech you're going to give. And I was actually talking to Miss Terry <laughs> right up until that time. So um, it was a difficult decision uh, because it in, impacts and influences, you know, the lives of so many people. So that is where we are. Uh, Nick Saban, tell telling uh, everyone again uh, that uh, he and Miss Terry are healthy. That is a relief to the entire sports world. Let's uh, move on and find out what is next. Ross Dellinger joining us right now. Ross, always great to have you on. I know there's so many things happening, but uh, give us your best guess uh, and what information your sources are telling you about where this search is now moving now as, as we know that Dan Lanning is no longer part of it. Yeah, I uh, I think that uh, Paul and thanks for having me on. Uh, it's funny I'm I'm here at the NCAA convention in uh, in Phoenix, you know, writing about governance and legislative stuff. And uh, lo and behold, of course, the uh, a most significant uh, one of the more significant coaching searches uh, in sports history uh, is uh, is starting. So it's the, it's kind of become the buzz of um, of the convention. I, I just walked past the president actually, Charlie Baker, and he. He asked about it, you know, so uh, it's uh, it's quite a buzz here. You know, as far as a um, replacement uh, for Nick Saban, I, I think you got to start with the the normal names that everybody's throwing out there. Um, and obviously, Lanning uh, is, is out, uh, clearly. Um, but I think the other name, right, is Kalen DeBoer at Washington. And uh, I, I think he's he's got to be up there. I think uh, you look at... Um, Florida State's coach, Mike, Mike Norvell, you know, uh, look at uh, Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. I don't know if any of those three guys would leave their current position at, at their Power 5 school for Alabama. Um, but certainly those, to me, uh, Paul, those are, the, those are the names that I, you know, and I'm being told nothing from people at Alabama or anything, and really not from people in the industry. This is just purely me kind of a guesstimation that those are the three that I'd go after. Right. And, and so I would think those are the three 
um, that Greg Byrne would be would be would be interested in. Now, I'll say this: I was calling around to some administrators yesterday, some who have recently done searches, Paul, who have recently been in the market, and in uh, some who who know Alabama, know Greg Byrne a little bit. And and you know, there was a pretty big consensus. In fact, one of them straight up said, "Knowing Greg, Kalen DeBoer makes the most sense." Uh, so. The search may start there. No, I know, uh, and, uh, and Hey, I Ross, I, I realize that I'm asking you for for your your best sources. I'm not debating anything, but I I, I was talking to some people in Tuscaloosa earlier today about DeBoer, and I think everybody agrees on what he has done. Mm-hmm. The question that they they brought up, and I and I'll ask you, is this sounds very provincial, but his lack of familiarity with this part of the country. And while that may not sound like a big deal, uh, Brian Harson f- fell all over himself because he, he didn't really understand the culture. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. Uh, and, and that is uh, that is one of certainly one of the, the question marks in a potential uh, in, in his candidacy. Right. Is is the familiarity with the recruiting ground. Right. And, and with the uh, geographic and cultural footprint of the South and, and of Alabama, you know, I've gotten to know a little bit, Kalen, over the last few months, especially. You know, he's a uh, he's a super humble guy. I mean, he was at the NAIA, Paul, just a few years ago, right? Like, he's a super humble guy. When you talk to him, it almost feels like um, he he doesn't realize uh, how big of a job there in Washington he has. Uh, he he just he's you know people say the cliche he's got the ice water in the veins. He's just so stoic. I remember running into him after they won the Sugar Bowl on the field. In no expression, right? No smile, no frown, just nothing. He's just, so is he really craving some big spotlight? I don't know, you know, and, and you, you lump in the fact like you just said, right? The, the, the lack of familiarity with the, with the recruiting ground in the, in the South in general. And that's a question mark. That, that is certainly a question mark. But, you know, I think um, in, in 80s have said this to me in the past, Paul, you know, fit is overblown. And usually people will point to Nick Saban at LSU for that. Um, so fit, I think, is a little a little overblown. Um, yeah. Critical time. Uh, you're you're right there at the epicenter of it, trying to figure out what's next. But the portal's open now for Alabama. Uh, just your your guess, your what your reporting indicates. On, on the on the importance of getting somebody in there quickly before this thing becomes more serious. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know there's been some reporting out there. I believe from Twenty Four Seven Sports that um, that uh, Greg Byrne or somebody at Alabama told the team that uh, they would have a hire within seventy two hours. You know, which is pretty uh, pretty fast, right? That's by by uh, the by the end of the weekend. Um, but you think about the portal being open, you think about it being mid-January, right? It just spring practice isn't that far away in winter workouts and all this stuff. Um, and yeah, it, it needs to be, um, pretty quick and look, uh, great. I, you know, Greg Byrne, um, I'm sure has been preparing for this time. Uh, right. I mean, he's a preparer, he's a very buttoned up guy and he, he's a preparer. And uh, I'm assuming that he has been preparing for this moment. And I would assume that he's got a list that he's been building. Many ADs do um, keep a list in the top drawer of the old desk and add and subtract it. 
um, on, on, on a football coach. And I'm sure he's been doing the same thing. So you got to think, Paul, that he's got at least three to five guys in mind, maybe even a smaller number than that, you know. And I don't know if those three I mentioned are on that list. I assume at least a couple, uh, at least one or two are. Jimmy Sexton, of course, is in Tuscaloosa right now. Uh, my theory on that, Ross, and you know him well, he's there more to talk to Greg Byrne than to Nick Saban, although I'm sure he wished Nick Saban well. Uh, but how big of a factor is Jimmy Sexton in this coaching search? Well, I'll tell you, I, I called uh, somebody within the SEC yesterday and said, who will Greg Burns' first call be to? And the person said, Jimmy Sexton. You know, not not a coach, but an agent who certainly represents, um, by the way, represents all those three names that I mentioned. He represents Kalen DeBoer. He took over for him, I think, uh, this fall. Kalen DeBoer hired him, I believe. Uh, he represents um, Mike Norell. And he, he represents Steve Sarkeesian, and he represents plenty of other more uh, other more coaches. He represents Lanning as well, so he he is huge. Uh, you know, he is. Um, I, I want to say, Paul, you might know the number. I think he represents around eleven or twelve of the yeah, sixteen no, SEC uh, coaches. Either uh, I think it's. Uh, I think if you when you expand it, as we have to do here in a minute, uh, to yep. uh, sixteen schools, he represents yep. even more. Ross, that's how powerful. Yep. He, yeah. Yeah. Isn't he, that amazing, he, the idea that He can that move the pieces around. You know, he, he can move the pieces around. He can, he can kind of and has played, in a way, played coaching chess right across the country and move the pieces around. So he would be imperative. I'm, I'm sure just like all the SEC ADs, Jimmy Sexton has a great relationship, I, I think, with uh, Greg Byrne. And, and uh, I'm sure, you know, that was uh, Greg's first call. And Jimmy probably knowing that, you know, he was the agent of the man who retired, right, uh, that he probably got a heads up on this and got started on this before any other agent. So he's, he's certainly got the advantage here. And I would imagine, uh, I would guess that, uh, you know, probably a Jimmy Sexton client will be uh, Alabama's next head coach, if I'm guessing yeah, the the famous story, Ross, uh, a couple of years ago when, uh, who was it, uh, when Tennessee was looking for a coach, one of those times that uh, Jimmy had the, the three finalists. Uh, it was when Jer- Jeremy Pruitt got the job. Uh, Mel Tucker was in the running and Kevin Steele and, of course, uh, Jeremy Pruitt. And uh, it was always mm-hmm. uh, some thought that, that it was Jimmy Sexton who pushed Jeremy Pruitt on Philip Fulmer, because mm-hmm. he was also representing Philip Fulmer. And that's the one thing about Sexton. He, do, he doesn't only represent the head football coaches. He represents ADs. He represents basketball coaches. Mm-hmm. He represents baseball coaches. So whether you want to or not, you need to deal with him because he can, he can do your program a lot of good and a lot of harm. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, he can, uh, you know, you don't think about it. I don't think people think about, well, how can an you know, an agent really uh, impact things. If this is these are decisions by administrators and boards and presidents, but when you have enough people, when an agent has enough clients and can move people around uh, in a way, it, it is incredibly influential. I mean, I don't think, without a doubt, that that Jimmy Sexton is the most influential, you know, non-school em- employee, right, non-stakeholder. In, uh, in the country when it comes to college sports. 
Ross Dellinger, great stuff. Ross, really appreciate it. I know you're in the middle of a convention. We will take a break here. More guests as we will row on and your phone calls. We are early in the program here on a Thursday afternoon. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Really, there's not a lot of news at this moment. Most of the news came yesterday. Uh, What Saban said earlier today is more putting some context into what we already know. Uh, but I, I think anybody that thinks this is going to go very long simply doesn't understand the urgency of getting a head coach in there in this very unsettling recruiting era. Stacy is up next. Good afternoon. What's up, Paul Feinbaum? How you doing, man? Hey there. Yeah, yesterday was a hard day, Paul, but uh, I'm going to change subjects on what I want to talk about. I want to reference J.K., and I'm going to show you how big up a cow J.K. is. He mentioned the names Mike Loxley, D'Amico Ryans, Charlie Strong, and a couple of more people. Instead of just coming out saying, he asks you, what do they all have in common? Well, they're all black. They're all African-American. And so off of that list, if the person that I would, if Greg Barnes does not do this, he's doing the university a disjustice if he does not reach out to D'Amico Ryans. Now, I'm not sure if D'Amico Ryan will want the job because he's in the NFL doing great. But let him tell you no, okay? Let, let, let D'Amico Stacey, Ryan tell uh, you Stacey, I have no. a feeling that that probably has already happened or will happen. I mean, these things are not – we're not in a vacuum here. Everyone knows who D'Amico Ryan is, Ryan's is and how great he is. But he's also a guy that's never really been connected to Alabama since he left. Uh, we're gravitating to him because he's had an incredible year. Well, well, I mean, well, that's the same as uh, the, the guy at Washington did. You can say the same thing about well, him. Of course. Well, we're that guy's won about seven championships before he, he got to Washington. Washington. Well, this is my thing. I think that D'Amico Ryans and Lane Kiffin should be considered. And, well, and those, by the way, Stacey, I'm glad again, you mentioned Kiff, uh, Kiffin because we really haven't talked about Kiffin, but – Kiffin, Kiffin uh, I mean, there's nobody better in today's environment than Lane Kiffin as far as the portal and in, in terms of NIL. I mean, he's, he's turned Ole Miss into a winner, which, which takes great skill. Y'all, by the way, uh, Kiffin also turned down Auburn last year. That's right. That's right. He turned down Auburn for this very moment, I believe. You're probably right. 
right, Tom. Thanks, so thanks for the call. Very enlightening, of course. Let's check in with John next. Uh, hey, John, go right ahead. Paul, appreciate you having me on the show as always. And, Thank you. Uh, you know, my dad being an Auburn quarterback and me a Tennessee fan, today's a uh, bittersweet day. Um, in many ways, we're happy because Nick Saban's moving on, which means it's a much easier path. Not much easier, but it will be easier to get to the top in the SEC with Nick Saban out of the way. But it's also bittersweet because, you know, he's a man that has so much integrity and helps change the lives of so many people. College football would not be the same without him. And when you talk about the SEC being the best of the best, you need men like Nick Saban, like General Nealon, that are going to push you to be great. And, yeah, you can resent them and not like them, but you know what? That's what turns young men into men that change societies and keep America moving forward. So um, Nick Saban, as great as he did, he still didn't get paid enough for everything that he went through. And um, when they do talk about replacements, I have never heard nobody mention Dabo Sweeney. Has he already come out and publicly declared? Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you this? brought that up. I talked to a close friend of Dabo's today, and I don't think Dabo can get into this unless there is a uh, uh, a difficulty in hiring someone, which I don't think there will be. Dabo just feels like yesterday's news, does he not? Uh, and, and I don't think. Yeah, let's. Uh, so, who's this from? This is outside last night, the Saban the statute in, uh, in Alabama. Let's take a look at this. See, this is our next coach. Like <laughs> well, I just have to say this. Anyone but Dabo, say it with me. Anyone but Dabo! strong reaction there from a handful of uh, of students having some fun on a cold winter night but uh, it just feels like Dabo's train has passed and um, I can't explain it I'll let others do that but you know he he beat Alabama twice he's won a couple of national championships he's played for the championship what uh, five times I mean nobody's got a better record than him outside of uh, the man that just retired but it, I don't, I don't hear a lot of support from anyone other than maybe uh, a very select group of people uh, for Dabo Sweeney. Augie is up next. Paul, here's a name nobody's thrown out. The guy's won a national championship. He knows the culture in the South. And that's Ed Edgerone. I mean, why aren't they considering Ed O? He'd be a perfect candidate for Alabama and a highly endorsive. But, Paul, you know, for what, two years now on your show, We've been singing the eulogy of Nick Saban. And although it's not like unimaginable that it happened, isn't it shocking though? Shocking about what, Augie? About Saban going. I mean, I was watching your reaction to what was happening and can you describe how you first actually heard about it? Were you actually in the middle of the broadcast and somebody posted? Yeah, we. Uh, it, it's very easy to describe. Uh, we had picked up some information that the story was close to breaking, and as it was doing that, we were up against a break. And I, I wanted to make sure 
that we just didn't blurt out something until we had, been, we had we all felt comfortable. We weren't just talking about maybe some recruit committing. So we took a break. Uh, we all con con convened uh, together jointly, and uh, we, we wanted to make sure that when we came back, we were prepared. And uh, by the time we came back five minutes later, uh, we knew we knew it was true. Paul, what is your estimate of the impact of NIL and the transfer portal on his decision? Was it 50%, more than 50%? What do you think that percentage of? The, I don't think it was the, the overriding factor. I, I really do believe, Augie, uh, that the wear and tear of the job finally affected him. And, and it had never really bothered him in the past. And I'm still a few years away, so I don't, I don't know what it's like to uh, to cross that 70 barrier and, and, and encounter that. It's different for uh, it's different for everyone. Uh, and I, I don't want to keep using the same references, but it is a fact that uh, we've got a president who's 80 whatever and a guy running against him likely who's almost 80. And they they both look like they're handling the, the job of the, the presidency pretty well. But I think it's just a constant battle of having to keep your own your your own players on your team it's recruiting is all I mean nobody's ever been better than Saban in recruiting but I, I think he had to grow frustrated with okay we just we win the SEC championship uh, I've got to now re-recruit my own players including my quarterback as we're getting ready to play for possibly the national championship game uh, I'll read you the exact comment that uh Coach Saban uh, said earlier today, he said, don't make it about NIL. It's not about that. To me, if you choose to coach, you don't need to be complaining about all that stuff. You need to adjust to it and adapt to it and do the best you can under the circumstances and not complain about it. Now, I think everybody is frustrated. We had an SEC conference call yesterday, 14 coaches on there, and there's not one guy you can talk to who really understands what's happening. I think right now, who is succeeding in college football within the SEC. It's those who embrace it. And that doesn't mean you don't complain about it. That just means that you figure out a way to deal with it. Let's take a short break. We are back with much, much more. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We just saw some video. <laughs> Um, that he has, his 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 work is done for the day at about what is it uh, two forty eight central time. Pretty easy and early day uh, for Nick Saban. Uh, so what do you do the rest of the day when you're no longer the, the head football coach? I imagine uh, he's heading to one of three or four or five of his uh, retirement homes. Let's check in next with. David, who is up uh, down in Alabama. Hello, David. Hey, Paul. How you doing today, brother? Okay, brother. Good, good, good. Hey, I just wanted to uh, call in and chime in on this coaching search. I believe anybody that thinks that Greg Byrne is going to make this hire on his own has lost their mind. He had to ask Nick Saban his input and possibly who he wanted for his uh, successor. And I believe we're not going to have to wait 72 hours. I believe it can come as early as tonight or in the morning with Jimmy Sexton being in Tuscaloosa 
Lane Kiffin's going to be the man. And if that's the case, I hope he please goes after Jeremy Pruitt for defensive coordinator. Well, Jeremy Thanks Pruitt's not, not eligible to coach right now, so you, you can put that one back in your pipe. Let's uh, check out Rex in Birmingham. Hello, Rex. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I was just going to chime in about the people talking about D'Amico Ryan may be coming there. He's not going to leave Houston. His wife loves Houston. I heard that from his mother at church uh, the other night. said <laughs> they're staying there. Well, you know, the I mean, first happy. of all, Rex, uh, why would you leave? Uh, I had the opportunity to talk to Bryce Young today, and uh, while we were talking, I couldn't help but juxtapose uh, him and D'Amico Ryans. On, he would have been in Houston had the, had the Panthers taken C.J. Stroud. Hey, thank you for the call. Appreciate the insight. Let's uh, check out Pat in Georgia. Hey, Pat. Hey, Paul. Thanks. Good to talk with you. Thank you. Uh, I've had a thought in the back of my mind this, this year that, that, that Nick Saban, and I'm genuinely sorry that, that Nick Saban has decided to retire, uh, but he would either win the eighth natty and retire or that he'd lose two, two ball games or something, have a season like this, and then he would retire. Uh, over the years, he he's had a business model. He had a, uh, a model that he had a competitive edge with. And, and you know what that model was. It was the way he coached and ran things at Alabama. And I'm of the opinion that, that with, with the uh, portal and with NIL, uh, he lost a lot of the competitive edge. Now he did adapt, uh, but but he he just didn't have the competitive edge. Uh, uh, that Pat, he had Pat, you're 100 so percent correct. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, the advantage that he always owned uh, was no longer there. He still did well, but it was not guaranteed to do well over a long period of time because of the transfer portal. Oh, excellent point. One of the best we've heard. So far, interesting in the, in the conversation uh, a minute ago, and this is going to take some uh, digestion, but Saban said that he wasn't sure as of this time yesterday that he was going to step down. Uh, he said he went back and forth and was on the phone with his wife. I, I, I have to tell you, I don't completely understand that, uh, considering... Uh, you couldn't be that indecisive for somebody who's always decisive. I realize, I think, I think the hard part was just pulling the trigger uh, and going in and talking to the team. But uh, that, that, that comment is going to get a lot of interpretation. Lions is up next. Good afternoon, Lions. Hey, how are you doing, Paul? We are doing great. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'd just like to talk about how the little brother, Auburn, Auburn Tigers, how they were rolling Toomer's corner. Over there, after the firing or whatever with Nick Saban, that is that is unreal. Well, that's just listen. Uh, there's not a fan base in America who didn't celebrate yesterday, other than Alabama. Come on, be real. Daryl is up next. His fan base probably the celebrated more than Alabama. Alabama, fired, Alabama has huh? uh, Alabama has owned your uh, team, Daryl. Oh, really? Has he? Well, let me say this, okay? Turn out the lights. The party is over. I wonder why Saban left, Paul. 
Was it the transfer portal? Hmm. Was it NIL? Hmm. Was it the fact that the the Bama hit the fan base that's, put, is, that's supposed to back him? Their expectations are just through the roof, and he was tired of them um, complaining and and trying to get his coaches fired. Was it that part? Was that it? Or was it Paul that he looked? He thought, you know what? I just barely beat Georgia and Kirby by three points. I got to play them again in nine months. Now will be the time to get out of here. I said when, when Kirby beat him, Paul, for a national title, that Nick Saban would never play for another national title, and he's not going to. All right? And who they going to get? Lane, Lane, I can't win the big one, Kippen. Is that who they going to get? No. Sars? No. Dan Lanning? No. Kirby Smart? That's a wish. No, they're not going to get none of the top four, Paul. You watch. Uh, you know what? I feel sorry for the Bama fans that should have been Bama fans since Nick Saban's been head coach that know nothing about the 18 years prior. But that's what they think. The they are in for a rude awakening, okay? A rude awakening. And let me say this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.